I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 77 of Season 6 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Bubba Eat from Fight Club Minute. Welcome back to the show, Bubba. It's always good to be back. Yes, that's true. That is definitely true. So... Minute 77 begins with uh, Joseph continuing to talk about Harry and ends with George showing Ernie a newspaper. So <laughs> yesterday we, we, we talked mostly about a montage. The, actually, we only talked about a montage. <laughs> and there were a lot of things going on in that montage. <laughs> um, you know, any, Anybody who wants more information <laughs> on things that we didn't talk about, I have lots of notes. <laughs> I'll save them for a future episode somewhere, uh, maybe in a future movie where they will talk about those things. Who knows? But uh, the montage ended yesterday with Joseph telling uh, Clarence about what happened to Harry. You know, what about Harry? <laughs> and he starts off by saying, Harry, Harry barely topped them all. And then this minute begins with him continuing and saying, a Navy flyer, he shot down 15 planes. Two of them as they were about to crash into a transport full of soldiers. Do you think that this would classify um, him as, as an ace? Do you, no, do you know I, like, I mean, what I the classification the term, is of a flying I, ace? I didn't realize that there was like a, a certain – that that was like a certain statistical thing that you needed to uh, achieve in order to be like granted the title of flying ace. Yeah. Well, I mean what's interesting is there, there are many discrepancies as to what – how many you need to, to shoot down in aerial combat, but – but the official <laughs> number is that you only have to shoot, shoot on five. I'm, I'm not saying that that's an easy feat, but you know the, the fact that it's only five shows that that it's something that's not not simple at all. You know they they started the idea in uh, 1915 during World War One. That's when they the, the whole idea of dogfighting basically started, and they they actually it was used as a propaganda term in order to provide people on the home front with a type of hero. You know that you can look at, look forward to. You know, in in this war that just was continuing to go on, it wasn't stopping. Then you you have the the most famous uh, ace, who uh, you know uh, Snoopy doesn't <laughs> like, right? The, the the Red Baron. Okay, he how how many kills do you do you think he officially has? Uh, let's see. Well, if Harry had fifteen. I would imagine that it was more than fifteen. Uh, I would say maybe 50. According to the sources that I found, he has more than 80 kills. Not bad. I mean, uh, again, back in World War I, uh, the, the pilots, I guess, weren't as uh, uh, as as uh, skilled as they, they are right now. You know, it was something that was very... Uh, uh, but 
the pilot with the most allied uh, hits, you know, as opposed to someone, you know, on the, the side of, of Germany was a French colonel named uh, René Funk, who has uh, 75 uh, kills to his uh, to his status, which also was World War II, World War One. Not too far off. Um, yeah, that's right. And then, uh, you know, during during World War II, things uh, uh, changed. You have another German pilot uh, named uh, Eric Hartmann, who has apparently 352 official kills. <laughs> wow. And he is known as the, the highest scoring fighter pilot of all time who doesn't do it at a video <laughs> game, you know. <laughs> Because I'm assuming that there are people who who play video games that have, might have uh, slightly higher numbers, but uh, I mean that that's just a crazy number. Yeah, Harry's on his way. <laughs> He's got his 15. And the, I mean, we started talking about a little bit about this yesterday. So the shot shows us Harry, you know, smiling at the camera. You have this chalkboard behind him uh, that you can see the. It says the word forecast, and it says uh, increasing cloudiness, and is expected in the. And and something is expected in the afternoon. Uh, maybe sunshine. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell what that is. They have all the 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 wind uh, calculations and stuff like that, which which is actually very cool that that they you know that they took the time for this type of detail. Yeah, for I'm, my my first guess, especially with with what's coming later in the uh, in the minutes. Is that the cloudiness and snow? But then I looked up and and I believe that it says that the temperature is 80, 83 with a dew point of seventy three. So yeah. that's a little warm for snow. Well, it depends on where you are, but yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they didn't complain about you know climate change back back in the nineteen forties. So yeah, <laughs> but I mean, we talked about a little bit of that yesterday that it looks like Harry is superimposed over these other pilots that are walking behind him, you know, the same way that we were talking about with Sam yesterday. Yeah, although I, I feel like this one was, looks better than, than the other one, I, I, especially with him. It looks better. But then at the very end, at the, the last fraction of a second, you know, as, as we see him, you know, turn into a group of people, it looks like he's, he's actually with, there with them. You know, it, it, it looks real. So, you know, because he joins them. Uh, so either they did a really, really good job, you know, with the special effects here to make it seem as if Harry is joining them, or he really was. Yeah, I could see it going either way. Like, but, I, uh, I didn't initially think exactly. that it was a, a rear projection. Like, I, I thought that it was a set. Right, again, it could be either. Uh, there, there's no way of us knowing mm -hmm. for sure. Which which of this is, and you know, as Joseph is telling everyone about about Harry's uh, escapades, so we see shots of of uh, you know, th this is probably stuff that that uh, Capra shot you know during World War II himself. You know, you have shots of of uh, you know planes shooting uh, bombs into the sea, and you see all the you see the tracer bullets shooting you know between uh, ships. We see a, a plane that's been hit that crashes into the water with, uh, with a whole bunch of crew members on the ship uh, becoming very happy. You know that uh, that they're trying to show us is is what uh, Harry did in order to save the people on that mm -hmm. transport. You know uh, that, that uh, you know 
they, they took that real footage from there. Now, of course, that's an important line for a feature for later in the movie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I mean, everything in this in, in, this movie has lots of uh, I wouldn't even call them callbacks. They're called forwards <laughs> for you sure. know, that later on. They will be they will they will be callbacks <laughs> to other things. Exactly. Foreshadowing. OK, you can call it foreshadowing, too. And then Clarence asks the question, yes, but but George. And Joseph goes, George, 4F on account of his ear. George fought the battles of Bedford Falls. So we see George standing in, uh, I, I don't even know where he is, but in the back you see it says gasoline and something, uh, price of admission. Office of Price Administration. Office of Price Administration. There you go. Right. Sorry. Uh, which again, I, I don't really know what that means. Maybe it's the idea that that uh, you know George was in charge of of regulating uh, prices on things or whatever. Oh, that's in, uh, in Bedford Falls. I, I think behind his head it'll it says ration board uh, ration board number two. So I, I think that's he's uh, like the in charge of the rationing system that they were doing. Okay. Like like that's, giving that's people fair. their ration coupons. I I believe. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then, uh, you know, the 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 uh, montage continues, and we we hear uh, George then say, "Now hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, don't you know there's a war on?" <laughs> which which is great that they in, in, that they put that in there because, you know, we've seen in this movie the way that George is trying to help people as much as possible, and and this seems very similar to what happened when there was the bank run mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Yeah. You know, he's trying to calm people down and therefore and that was then he was talking about his money here. He's working, I guess, for the government or for the town or whatever, you know, of Bedford Falls. So, you know, he goes, don't you know there's a war on? And then Joseph, uh, we hear Joseph's voice again and he goes, air raid warden. So air raid, air, it's pretty funny that in Bedford Falls they had, they had an air raid war warden. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what the job of an air raid warden is? I, I did actually look this up because I, I was kind of curious. And it's it basically is someone that uh, prepares the town for po- the potential of an air raid. So whenever it's night, it's, it, and you see him in this scene, he's whistling at the guy to lower his blackout curtain. So that way, because any... They, they imagine that any sort of light coming from windows helps uh, give the uh, airplanes a target from the air. And so they, they want to basically have all the lights off so that uh, at night it's as dark as possible. So to hide any potential targets. Right. I mean, I just find it very ironic because the idea is, is that, OK, um, you know, nobody's really going to be bombing Bedford Falls. <laughs> <laughs> To me, that doesn't sound like something that's going to happen. It, I mean, it could potentially, but and in the, I believe it was probably the Wikipedia article that I looked up, or you know, just whatever was the first ser- first hit on the search engine said that some people took them took their jobs so seriously that if they saw a light that was left on and nobody was home, they would actually go so far as to shoot the light out. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That that uh, that, that could be prob- problematic. <laughs> slightly. Slightly. So basically, an air raid warden is uh, someone who ensures the blackout was observed and sounded the air raid sirens. 
safely guiding people into public air raid shelters, issued and checked gas masks, evacuated areas around unexploded bombs, rescued people where, pos where possible from bomb-damaged properties, located temporary accommodations for those who had been bombed out, and reported to their control center about incidents, fires. Also, they called in other services as required. So basically, you know, they're, they're the ones who were in charge of, yeah, I, guess, I guess even in America back then, you needed to have people who were in charge of these type of yeah, things. And, and I believe they, they're also the ones that are educating the people as well to, of what uh, to do in case of an air raid. And, and this, this is also like the early form of what I think would eventually turn into like the duck and cover. That was a product of the air raid. No, that was in the that was that was in the sixties. But I mean, that's yeah. it's turned into like if this was like it, they are connected, not necessarily, but uh, that it came from this, but just that idea right. of preparedness. Okay. A, a different type of well, actually, the, the the truth is, is duck and cover is probably much more plausible than what they're dealing with here. You know, because there, there was uh, essentially uh, a threat in, you know, in the 60s or in the early 60s, late, late 50s, early 60s. Uh, here, the threat of bombing America was probably minimal to none, mm. even though, uh, you know, I, I don't think there was maybe maybe I think I heard of one plane that that accidentally got to America or something like that. You know, but it wasn't anything beyond that. So, but again, the, the idea goes that you have to have you have to be prepared for these things, mm -hmm. you know, just in case. That that's what it comes down to, I guess. So okay, so George had a good job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he he had an important job that he needed to take care of, you know, in Bedford Falls during the war. Uh, even though they they kind of take the steam out of him a little bit because they they have this moment where, I guess, after he's done whistling, he. Uh, has to wipe a little bit of uh, spit off his uh, jacket. <laughs> I mean, I also like when when he's talking in the office of Price Administration. You know, he has a a pipe in hand and and a cigarette on his on his uh, ear at the same time. <laughs> Blows his whistle at the at the man whose uh, window is open and he has to pull his shade down. You know, and like you said, you see him like spit, and he spits on himself. <laughs> so and and then they continue with with the narration from joseph and then he he continues by saying uh paper drives scrap drives rubber drives you know which which again to us these days doesn't really mean that much but people watching this movie in 1940 46 really could relate to all these things these are things that they had to do you know it was the whole idea of, of recycling at the time that you know, paper and scrap and rubber was used and recycled in you know for the war effort and stuff like that. So I I, I think it's great that they do it this way. Mm -hmm. You know, just and again, it's a quick montage that quickly goes through. I mean, we see people uh, you know stacking up papers in in a car and people uh, walking with all these uh, pieces of rubber that I don't even know where they got them from. Are they taking them from the junkyard? Or from a landfill, you know, or actually, that, sorry, that was the scrap. The the rubber drive is basically, you know, kids stealing tires off of cars and <laughs> you know, bring them to the. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's a sign that says uh, official rubber collection uh, something depot maybe. Um, so yeah, I mean some 
the, the, the shots are good. But again, this is more for people at the time who can definitely relate to it. Yeah. And, you know, and at this point, we're already at the end of the war. So we've, we've really shot through the, the whole war. And then, you know, we have a shot inside of a church. And then we hear Joseph, Joseph say, like everybody else on VE Day, he wept and prayed. <laughs> and on VJ Day, he wept, he wept and prayed again. So just for anyone who's unfamiliar, VE Day was a uh, victory in Europe. That was when uh, uh, Germany surrendered in, uh, in the, I think it was in May in 1945. And then, uh, you know, VJ Day was uh, on August 19th, 1945, when uh, the, the, the Japanese finally, uh, uh, you know, gave up after the, the, uh, uh, the bombs that were dropped on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and you know, I I think it's 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 great that they just quickly run through all these things because it's it's essential but not essential for the for the movie. It's important that we know that these things happened, but we don't really need to see it beyond the few seconds that they show every single one of these you know uh, aspects. So I, yeah, I, I like the way. I, I think yeah, I, I think these days. It probably wouldn't have needed to go into that much detail, but I, I think when this was made, it was important for them to cover all the bases and, and show what was happening in everybody's life during that period. Correct. And and then surprisingly, we could get Franklin's voice uh, chiming in again. We haven't heard, heard from Franklin since the beginning of the movie. And Franklin says, Joseph, now show him what happened today. And Joseph says, oh, yes, sir. And he says, this morning, day before Christmas, so we're talking December 24th, around 10 a.m. Bedford Falls times. You know, so I, again, I like the way that they, they introduce it that way. You know, about 10 a.m. Bedford Falls times. I mean, we talked about this, uh, I think, during the first week, so you've probably already heard it by now. You know, the whole idea of, you know, in what time zone do they deal with in heaven? <laughs> or do they deal with in this particular uh, uh, astral plane, where Clarence, Joseph, and uh, and and Franklin are, you know, uh, we don't really know. Uh, the the August nineteenth that I mentioned before, it, it was actually not VJJ, sorry, but that was afterwards, because it we see them walking into a church and there's a sign that says Sunday morning, August nineteenth, special prayers as requested by President Truman, eleven a.m. Everybody welcome. So the idea was is that Truman uh, wanted people to to go have special prayers for all the people that were that were killed and injured in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. As everyone knows, uh, you know Truman made the decision and he stuck by his decision, but he he still had a uh, conscience about it. Not you know not being one hundred percent sure if he made the right decision uh, or not, except for the fact that he knew he was saving American lives. So yeah, I think I think it's it's interesting that we get to see that that shot that they showed that uh, you know the footage of everyone going to the church uh, with that with that sign. Yeah, and then basically it fades into today. We see uh, cars driving through the street, you know, a lot of snow on the ground, and then we see Ernie standing talking on a telephone, you know, in the middle of the street. So you know, it. I guess this is where the taxi cab usually sits. In order to wait and get, uh, you know, get his calls of where he needs to go uh, pick people up and stuff like that. Did you see what it, what Ernie's logo says? 
Uh, is that Night Taxi? It says Ernie's Night Day Taxi Service, uh, meaning he's open 24 hours a day. <laughs> if you need Ernie, he's there. <laughs> now, did you notice that the movie theater behind him, what, what movie is playing? Uh, I didn't notice, but uh, looking at it now, the the bells of wait the, the bells of Saint Mary. That is correct. The bells of Saint Mary. So th- this this scene obviously takes place on uh, the twenty fourth of December, nineteen forty five, and the the bells of Saint Mary is a uh, is basically it's the sequel. Do, do you know what movie it's the sequel to? No idea. Going my way, which uh, which the previous year won Best Picture with uh, Bing Crosby. Hmm. So the Bells of St. Mary is the sequel that came out, uh, you know, the following year. It was released on December 6, 1945. So it means that it's only been in the theater now for, uh, what is it, uh, three weeks? You know, since this is uh, December 24th. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, I guess you could say held over three weeks. <laughs> I remember back in the 80s that they would always say that, you know, like, I remember Return of the Jedi, it was like held over you know, 40, 42 weeks or something like that, you know, because it was in the theater for so long. We see Ernie on this portable phone and then, you know, George walks by and interrupts him and starts showing him the, the newspaper. And, you know, we see him with the pipe. We, we talked about before about whether, you know, we ever see him smoking. We just see him with a pipe. I don't even, I don't remember. I don't know if there's, we see smoke come out of the pipe, but he definitely has the pipe. Yeah. And then we get to see the, uh, the front of the, the page of the newspaper. So it says the Bedford Falls Sentinel. President decorates Harry Bailey. Local boy wins Congressional Medal of Honor. President decorates our own Harry. Cities celebrate heroes' homecoming. And this is Commander Harry Bailey, famous naval, famous Navy Air Ace, born and raised in Bedford Falls, was decorated yesterday with the nation's highest honor. And you can't really read the rest of the of of the thing. But what I found very interesting is on the top, it says this is the county's leading newspaper. You know, so you'd think that in Bedford Falls, they don't really need to have that many competing newspapers. Mm-hmm. And then we see it says News of the World, volume 30, and the price is five cents. How much do you think five cents is worth today? Oh, let's see. 40s, isn't it? It's like about a... A twenty-fold uh, increase. So, uh, do my math. That that's what about a dollar. So it's it's eighty-five cents. Yeah, eighty-five cents. Uh, and did you know something missing from this newspaper? Uh, there's no date. That is right. There is no date, even though we know <laughs> the date. But but there is absolutely no date on it, which is is pretty interesting, because you you think that that would be the most essential thing that you need to have on a newspaper. You need to know what day these events happened. And maybe they put it at the bottom of the page. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't think we ever get to see the bottom. So, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> it also says snow tonight in the top right corner, which comes into play tomorrow. That's right. Correct. Correct. You know, they, they, they predict the weather well. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's all I have for this minute. Do you have anything else? I mean, we, we do see the uh, a picture of... Uh, of Harry Truman with, uh, I imagine, uh, Harry, Bailey. Harry, Harry Bailey. So Harry and Harry. That's right. When Harry met Harry. <laughs> and then there's a separate picture of him also that just says National Hero. So what's very funny about the, we mentioned about the, the bells of, of St. Mary, right? Um, 
one of the the main actors in in the movie is uh Henry Travers who actually plays Clarence here. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty funny that, that that he's in both. And uh the 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 movie the the Bells of St Mary also features in uh, The Godfather because uh, Michael and Kay go see the that movie in Radio City, Radio City Musical. Okay. Every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Uplifting Experience Edition where my guests will give some sort of uh, story, anecdote, adventure, misadventure, something that has happened to them over the course of their life that they feel is an uplifting experience or an inspirational experience. So do you, do you have a story for us, uh, Bella? Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I will go fairly recent. And uh, just this past October, I actually uh, took a trip from Georgia up to Indianapolis where uh, we had the Movies by Minutes uh, convention, something that they've they've hold, held uh, several times over the past few years in different locales across the country. Uh, I know I was kind of disappointed because I, I binged to a lot of uh, older episodes, and I know that they had one in Chicago, but it was like right before I really got into the Movies by Minutes community because uh, I would have definitely gone to the one in chicago because that would have been local for me uh but i wasn't quite in the community at that point in time but uh, i did take a trip up to indianapolis um just for the purposes of meeting fellow podcasters in this niche community and uh, we basically spent the entire day together it you know it's it started out with uh, like kind of this this small convention. There was about uh, I think thirty or forty of us there that uh, that managed to to make it out there, as well as uh, I think three or four uh, local to indie that showed up, and uh, just had a, a few live episodes, some trivia, uh, and then we went out to you know local food. Uh, places and uh, to a local bar and just you know it was basically like a good 12 hours or so just hanging out with fellow podcasters meeting new people and that that was just an an incredible experience for me and something that I I mean I I have done that like really only once before uh, early on with the uh, the lamb community Um, they did do a meet up in chicago uh that i was able to go to and that was also fun but uh, you know this was more recent and and i i really enjoyed being able to go to that and and uh uh spend time and socialize with all these people and they were you know everybody was you know incredibly friendly and it it was just a very nice uh, uplifting uh get together oh wow yeah it's it's a very friendly community for anyone who is is not familiar with it, uh, you know we we all have a lot of online friends that way, you know. But uh, you know, being able to go and you know meet up on you know with people in person, you know, it's something I would love to do one day. But uh, you know, I, I I I couldn't make it this year in October. And uh, looking at what happened on that day, it's probably a good thing I wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe next time we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you very much for that uh, 
uh, explanation and uh, that story. Thank you very much. Uh, so you want to tell no people problem. once again uh, where they can find you? Uh, sure. My, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of projects going on, and one of my other projects is is kind of it's right now it's more pretty should be finishing up uh, coming close to the end of what I'm kind of calling a hiatus season. Uh, over the summer, I went through Memento scene by scene, and so I followed it up with the, what I like to call its sister movie, Fifty First Dates, because uh, it does and deal with the same uh, memory condition, although in a very different way. And I'm going through that movie one date at a time for 21 episodes, um, releasing that every Tuesday. Uh, and then I've, you know, after that concludes, which should be around this time, I haven't decided what I'm going to be doing next season. It will probably be some sort of TV show uh, or, you know, I'm, I'm flirting with the idea of maybe doing a video game or a even a book that uh, involves time loops in some way, shape or form. Uh, I'm. I, I might be doing uh, the the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, which is a a novel that uh, is time time loop related. And uh, you know, in previous seasons, I've kind of covered other time loop related movies and TV episodes like uh, Groundhog Day, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Twilight Zone, Triangle, um, and I, I'm just kind of going going through them. Uh, one loop at a time uh, in in turn whenever I'm dealing with specifically time loops but I also occasionally hit other TV episodes whenever there's only a single episode that involves a time loop and uh, and other you know time loop related things there and that's that's a lot of fun oh wow okay and while you're doing that you can go rate, review and subscribe on any podcast you might be using this with the show finding me is very simple just do a quick search for move around minute you can find me on twitter you can find me on my website movearoundminute.com and you can find me on facebook so until tomorrow hot dog hot dog I love you truly truly Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.